The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello, and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and thank you for being here. Wherever you may be, whatever time it may be for you right now, I want to acknowledge you for your dedication to your personal growth, your desire to seek and find the more of who you truly are, and for your willingness to be responsible for yourself and for your life. Thank you. You are doing the great work in changing our world. Today, our show begins with another story from the Merlin Arthur legend. In the past, we've been sharing stories from this legend to inspire you to pursue your higher calling. And so far, we've been laying a foundation, setting the groundwork for future conversations that we'll be having to explain what chivalry is, who the knights and the ladies of the round table are, and how working with them, along with the legend, can prepare you to become the legendary leader that you're destined to be. We have talked about Merlin's heritage so far, and we received a vision of a new world one day that he had. He had a vision of a, one day sitting by the lake with the fairy queen. We spoke about that. We also also spoke about Merlin's meeting with King Vortigern and how he became Vortigern's high counselor. Today, we'll share the story of how Merlin worked magic for King Uther and how Arthur was conceived. The story today is a mixture of my writing, but primarily our story is a direct translation from the Merlin-Arthur legacy told by Lazarus as channeled by Jack Purcell of Concept Synergy, and you can find that on their website at lazarus.com. The rest of our show today is going to focus on how you can find freedom from your own negativity. I'll be talking about that negative voice that is keeping you from getting what you want, and I'll talk about how it stops you from living the life of your dreams. We'll talk about what negativity it is, what, what that voice is inside of your head, how it turned negative, and then I'm going to show you how to manage your negativity and how to take back your power from it. 
in a guided visualization that we'll do later. You know, healing that negativity, managing it, knowing how to deal with it is so essential in creating a positive future for yourself and for the world. And I'm hoping that at the end we'll, we'll have time to take calls from you. So please keep this number handy. 1-866-472-5795. And that's the number to call in to be on the show. I will be taking calls. I certainly hope so. Again, that number is one 866 472-5795. But first, a story. We recap our story when Merlin met King Vortigern and his advisors for the first time. They were standing on Vortigern's land in deep winter, where his castle once again had fallen. We saw that when Merlin greeted the king, he tapped his staff hard upon the cold ground, and there was a rush of sweet-smelling spring air and a gentle flurry of apple blossoms that fluttered down upon the king, who was delighted by the young magician. Merlin had been summoned because Vortigern's advisors had told the king that the reason his castle would not stand was because the fighting dragons beneath the land would not let the castle stand until they had a blood sacrifice of this new young magician. But Merlin outsmarted the king's opponents by telling the king that the red dragon would win the battle beneath the earth, and this would be a sign of Vortigern's victory in France. The king liked what Merlin had to say, and he offered him a position. And Merlin seized the moment, taking the opportunity to become become Vortigern's magician and high advisor. Now, Vortigern's days were numbered. He was an old king, who shortly after Merlin became his advisor, died, never seeing his castle finished upon his land. And Uther, who was the heir to the throne, he'd run off because he was afraid of getting killed. And so, hearing of Vortigern's death, Uther came back from France and reclaimed the throne. And as Uther became the new king, Merlin remained as Uther's high magician, high advisor. And so it was, from Merlin's mouth to the king's ears, Merlin kept his position. Now, Uther was a ruthless, self-serving, harsh man who took what he wanted whenever he wanted it. That was power in his eyes and in his actions. To him, any action was justified if it led to getting whatever he wanted, and being king meant that anything in his domain was his to do with as he wished. Merlin with the eye of the eagle, the hawk, the falcon, the Merlin falcon, and with the will, the force, and the passion of the dragon watched and waited He was looking for an opportunity, a possibility, where he could begin to manifest the dream that he saw that day, long ago fishing for stones in the lays of the afternoon with the fairy queen. He couldn't forget the vision that he had had, a dream of a united world where human and fairy could live together in peace. The opportunity came out of Uther's lust. Uther wanted to bed a beautiful woman called Igraine, who was married and wife of the Duke of Cornwall. Uther wanted to sleep with her. He wanted to have sex with her. Lust. 
and Merlin saw the opportunity and seized the moment of Uther's lust to call the dragon's breath, the fog, the mist, and to work the fifa magic to change Uther into the Duke of Cornwall, to make him appear to look like the husband of Igraine. So Uther rode one night to Tintagel Castle, and in the mist and the fog, he would slip into her castle, slip into her bedroom, and slip into her, fulfilling his lust to sleep with this woman so beautiful, so rare, so fine. He would subsequently break his word and kill her husband so that he might marry her himself. But the agreement that Merlin made is that indeed, all right, I'll work the magic, said Merlin. I will allow you your night, but I receive the bounty of your lust. The child that will be born, I shall take and raise. Sure, 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 said he, whose loins were on fire. Yes, thinking not with his, but with... And so, when born this child, Merlin came along and whisked the baby away from the mother's breast. Poor Egraine. She is a widow. Her husband has been killed by the king that she now must marry to survive and raise her other two children. She gives birth to another child. She thinks of her husband who's dead, and along comes this magician who whisks her baby away. And so... Arthur was born, and Merlin took the boy to be raised in the country, asking Sir Ector to raise Arthur as his stepson and raise Arthur alongside their own natural child, Kay, who was the son of Ector and his wife. And Merlin would then come from time to time, and he would teach the boy the art of chivalry. Welcome back. For those of you who have been struggling with issues or are wanting support in transforming something in your life, you can receive the answers you've been looking for in our free telechanneling call that follows this radio show. You can go to legendaryleaders.com to sign up. And at this moment, I'm giving this free gift of channeling each week for one hour after this live radio show ends. But I'm not sure how much longer I will be extending this gift, so please take advantage of this soon before the offer ends. The call starts 10 minutes after the end of this show. That's 2.10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And remember, you can sign up anytime during the week for one of these telechanneling calls by going to legendaryleaders.com. So please join us, and I look forward to meeting you. Also, if you have any questions about the show or comments you'd like to make, I'd love to hear from you. So please email me. Um, You can email me by going to, or just email Maria at legendaryleaders.com. So earlier, you know, we spoke about King King Uther. And Uther does represent the old paradigm idea of what leadership is. One of domination and brutality. He represents domination, something that our world has been dealing with for thousands of years. Domination is the belief that the ends justify the means, any means, that you can do anything to anybody with no responsibility for the impact that you are creating. And we are seeing that in our world today even more. 
than usual with the lone wolves and, and some of the leaders, the way they're acting and trying to dominate their way and, and motivate. They're not really trying to motivate their people. I just think they're trying to dominate them. But you, the legendary leaders you are, you are trying to find a new way. And that's what this new paradigm is about, the world that we're moving into, one away from the old paradigm where the ends justify the means, to a world where the means are everything, how you reach your goal. The way you get there is more important than reaching and obtaining the goal itself. And the the qualities of character that you use, the heart, the compassion, the responsibility for your impact, these are all things that you do on a daily basis with your choices and decisions that you make. And this is one of the reasons I'm so excited to share the 12 qualities of character that Merlin taught Arthur in upcoming radio shows, because I'm committed to helping you, helping you leaders find and develop your own inherent character so that you may lead all of us into a brighter new future. And as we move from the old paradigm to the new one, each of us needs to manage our own domination, our own inner bully, our own negativity. It's so easy to look outside of ourselves and point fingers and say those bullies out there and those bad people. But we are, uh, was it Oprah who said it takes a village? We have uh, villages of beings inside of us. And it really is our own personal responsibility to deal with our own negativity, our own bullies, our own domination. So why is it important to handle our own negativity? That's what we're going to be talking about the rest of this show today. And I'm going to help you find ways to really deal with it once and for all. Why is it important to handle your own negativity? Well, first of all, your negativity is keeping you from getting everything that you want. It's putting you down, and that's what it does. It puts you down and makes you question yourself so that you're imprisoned in your life rather than having the life of your dreams. It's a liar. It always lies to you, and it will continue to lie to you until you get conscious of it and take your power back from it. It also, also, it doesn't believe in anything spiritual. So this particular voice inside of you, which we're going to be talking about more, more deeply here, it doesn't believe in anything spiritual or noble. So it can't support you in who you really are, your more authentic self that is grounded in goodness, truth, and beauty. And it thinks your higher calling is a waste of time and keeps leading you to do other things. Now, one of the metaphysical truths is that all change begins with you, and nothing changes until you do. In coaching, we call this negative voice inside each of us the gremlin or the saboteur, and coaches in particular know that their clients cannot achieve their goals and dreams without managing and taking power back from this negative voice. And that's what we do. We help people to find ways to handle and free themselves from the negativity. Gremlin, saboteur, the Bible calls it the devil. And in metaphysics, I learned to call it negative ego, a term that I will be using today. So what is it? What is, well, let's start, let's talk first of all, in general, what is the ego? What is an ego? And my understanding from my study in metaphysics is that each of us needs an ego to navigate in this world. We all have two eyes. And I'm not sure if that's spelled with just the letter I or if it's spelled E-Y-E. But we all have two eyes. There is a self-eye and an ego eye. And very similar, actually, to the two eyes, E-Y-E, in your head, 
you know, your eyes give you a depth of perception because each eye is looking at a slightly different perspective when you look out in your reality. And it's a combination of these two perspectives that gives that depth. Well, the self-eye and the ego-eye have two very different perspectives. And because you have these two eyes, you can reflect and look back upon and reflect upon yourself. The self-eye, and this we're gonna we're just being a little bit esoteric here. We're gonna get onto very grounded stuff shortly here. But this is just to give you a bigger context. The self-eye is the grander you, the consciousness that lives beyond space-time. It is the multidimensional you that lives within space-time and outside of time and space simultaneously. But you have an ego eye, and the ego eye creates this illusion of separation so that you can know you from all else that is in your reality in which you live. It gives you a sense of boundaries, of physical boundaries, of where you begin and end. Now, this could lead to a bigger discussion of how we split off in the beginning from God, God is all that is, and why we chose to separate ourselves. But in some ways, some way of bottom lining that, because it's a big discussion, would be that we chose at some point to split off from knowing that we were one, to find ourselves, to individuate, to learn, and eventually come back home to ourselves. So the ego eye, in that sense, is separating you, so you feel that you're separate from others. You like to know where you begin and where you end. The positive ego delivers content to you to give you information so that you can navigate more easily in the world. It gives you feedback and content like the stove is hot don't put your hand on that stove or the light is red you know, put your foot on the brake these are all very important so we're not just banging into walls <laughs> you know on an energy level that level we're all one but this separates us out so the ego eye and self eye together give you the ability to look back at yourself and this is one of the gifts of being human to be able to reflect upon yourself to have opinions about yourself. And there's, there is no other species on the earth that can reflect upon itself as humans do. I mean, when you think about it, dogs aren't just sitting there thinking, hmm, why isn't she feeding me? You know, maybe because I haven't had my bath and I smell. Or I know I was pouting last night when I didn't get my treat. Maybe that's it. I know I'll be super happy today to get her attention. Dogs, cats, they just don't do that. But humans do. So with this ego that when, we, when we're born, we come in and it, it, in that sense it's a positive ego that is just really here to deliver that information to us. How does it turn negative? Well, for most of us, this is my explanation of it anyway to my coaching clients, most of us grew up wanting more love than we had. And that's natural for most children, and, and many of you were super sensitive children. But children are always looking to make sense of the world, and they're figuring things out, looking at what's happening around them, watching their parents, and very often, because it's natural also for them to be self-centered, they're thinking it is because of them. Mommy doesn't love me. It must be because I'm bad. Daddy does this and isn't loving mommy. It must be because this aspect. And we start building an image of ourselves that gets distorted by these uh, choices that we make as we're assessing our life growing up. So as a child, you know, when we were felt sad or confused or lonely, we asked questions in our, our head, questions that the ego could not answer. So 
when we look about us and we're, let's say, feeling isolated or mommy's out of the room or we're basically we're feeling ignored, we might say, you know, why doesn't mommy love me? Well, now the ego doesn't know how to answer that. And on top, of, on top of it, that's not its job. Its job is just basically to tell you how to navigate physically in the world. Always setting, giving you information about the content of the reality that you're walking around in. It doesn't have answers to that. You know, what should I be when I grow up? The, the ego does not know how to answer that. And when we keep, in childhood, we keep asking questions that this ego cannot answer, that is not its job, it, 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 we are asking it in that sense to be more responsible for things than it can be responsible for. It turns negative. And I'll give you a story for that. Imagine if you, when you were 16, boy or girl, you took your first job, and your first job was at IBM, and you were in the mailroom. This is um, an example that Lazarus gave us years ago. But you're working at IBM, you got your first summer job, and your job is just to sort mail. That's what you do. And it's exciting. You're getting your first paycheck, you're learning how to sort the mail, and you're actually getting into it after the first week. Well, let's say in the second week, you get a note from the chairman of the board of IBM who says, I'm impressed with your work, I'm stepping down from being CEO, and I'd like you to run IBM. At first, you might think, wow, I got a promotion. (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. But eventually, you would start to, let's say you go upstairs and you get in the big room, you sit in the the leather chair, and, and you think of your first things that you're going to, to change at IBM. You'll say, well, we're going to have all of the baskets, the waste baskets cleaned up by 5 p.m. every day. And we're always going to have pasta for lunch. And But when, when let's say, information or questions come in about what do you want to do about the merger and acquisition in France and um, what do you want to do about this or that, I'm making that up, you would would find that the questions are way over your head. You don't know how to handle it at 16 years old. And for a while, you might hide in the restroom or write emails that says, I'll get back to you on that. But in time, all of those responsibilities will land in your lap and you'll be really frustrated. And eventually, you'll turn angry because it's way outside of your, let's say, capacity to deal with. Well, that's just an example to give you a sense of how overwhelmed this part of you is when when it's being asked questions and asked to do things it cannot do. It turns negative. So as it turns negative, it starts not only just delivering content, it starts making up a context for that content. So it'll, it'll sound something like this. The stove is hot. Your mother, or maybe he'll say, it, it will say, you left the stove on so that you would burn yourself. Now that's a context the ego is making up, which is erroneous, but it may do that. Or instead of the light is red, you know, it might say, the light is red. That's just like you, always getting red lights. Nothing goes your way. Or, hey, look at those guys over there. They want to beat you to the next light. Beat them. Whatever it might be. It starts making up a context to lead you in a direction that really is not to your advantage. It's, it really is out to get you. So how do we find freedom from the negative ego? Well, first of all, I, I hope that's enough context. And again, it's a big topic. It's something I, I will be going into a lot further. I, I actually am going to make an information pro- program, not information program, a product eventually that you can all 
purchase if you're interested. I know that Lazarus has wonderful information on the Lazarus.com website, and there are all kinds of uh, discussions there on negative ego. And for $25 a month, you can have access to the whole library. So I highly recommend that. But in the meantime, these are the main things that you need to know, at least the way that I work with it. So how do we find freedom from, from, from negative ego? Well, first of all, let's just talk about the way that most people work with their negative ego. So first of all, people aren't even thinking of working with it. They just think that negative voice inside their heads is their own. And one of my first jobs working with people and my coaching clients is to help them separate out from this voice, to actually learn to discern, I am not that voice. And I'm going to be taking you on a visualization in a while where you'll be learning how to do that, where you separate the voice out and you start to listen to it. But most people, because they feel that they are, that that voice is who they are, they feel contained and imprisoned by negative ego, they'll turn to explanations coming from outside of themselves. We all do that from time to time. We will blame others and outside, outside circumstances. It must be their fault, and this guy's being a jerk, or that woman, my boss, she's an idiot, or whatever we say. We'll also shame ourselves or shame others. We struggle. If you're feeling a lot of struggle, most often you're, you're being caught in negative ego. We also will often seek some uh, way of an escape from it by seeking validation from others, seeking vindication, wanting others to see that we were right in certain situations, or we'll seek vengeance, or perhaps we'll go into martyr or self-pity or control. Now, you probably know your favorite way or what your way of doing it, some of the things that you will do to avoid or to try and get out of that pain. Another thing that we'll do besides turning to explanations outside of ourselves, being everybody else's fault, we'll turn to addictions to numb the pain. We'll turn to alcohol, drugs, food, work, sex, escape in any way that we can. The internet, my escape is watching Turner Classic Movies. That's how I escape, absolutely. Um, That's another way. And then another form is that we will often just, we'll have images that we want to kill this ego, which you don't want to do. You must have an ego. And or else we'll manipulate others to get what we want or flat out just go um, ignore it, try to ignore it or be in denial about it. La, 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 I don't have an ego. Oh, I don't have one. Oh, no, it's good. I love everybody and I love it too. It's such a wonderful thing. So that's how we will do that. And we're going to take a break in just a moment. <clears throat> and I will just say this before we do go to break, that being in denial, trying to kill it, trying to separate it, you know, trying to, in a sense, manage it by blaming the world or going to addiction, all these things really don't work and keep us in pain. But when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about the ways that do work and how you can manage this once and for all. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Days of darkness, the cold and lonely separate days. 
the goddess sees our separate ways And she weeps for our sorrow and pain It was never meant to be this painful You were never She weeps for her sorrow and Welcome back. We're talking about your negativity and that voice in your head that is trying to trip you up and keep you from having what you want. And already we have talked so far, we gave you some tips about ways to work with it. We gave you three um, techniques that to do under 60 seconds. We'll remind you of that. But we also gave you some homework last week. For those of you that did do that homework, I gave you the homework to write down the negativity inside your, in, that you're hearing inside your head. And usually that's the first assignment I give it to my coaching clients is to carry a small notebook around. And when you hear that voice saying negative things in your head, you know, you're no good, you're not going to make it, who do you think you are? And sometimes it's direct like that. Sometimes it's a little bit more vague where it just kind of wants you to doubt or question everything, never quite trust it. It goes that route. Um, but if you did write all that negativity down and you caught yourself in the in the morning or before you were falling asleep or when you were distracted, you heard that voice and you wrote it down. That is the best way to start in learning how to manage negative ego. Because you see, we talked about it. You can't kill it. You can't hurt it. You, you can't go into denial as a way to deal with it. It will grow. It will grow when you put it, when you deny it, when you fight with it, it will still get bigger. Another way also that it will grow, we'll mention this too, and it's so important, people don't know this one, but when we don't feel our feelings, uh, my coach put it this way, it's like setting up a banquet table in the, in the room next door that your negative ego can just hang out and eat and grow fat. So we as a world have been taught not to feel our feelings, and yet when we will feel our feelings, open that third chakra and sit with our feelings and be with them, let them flow like a river out in front of us and be with them, you take back your power in that way as well. And we'll be talking more about working with emotions that, in a way that really is simple and easy and works in the future. But just some things you may have noticed, those of you who did do that homework, and please, if you haven't done it, start it today. Start it when you hear this call, I mean this show, you can start writing down what your negative ego says. You'll notice these things. First of all, it is repetitive. You'll notice that it says the same thing over and over again. It has pretty much the same things it does say. Again, I liken it to a jukebox where in time you could say, oh, there's B32, oh, C15, there it goes again. You're, 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 never, you're, you're too fat or you're too old or you, know, you really blew it in this lifetime. Whatever it has to say, each of you knows your own version of negativity. 
It's repetitive. It's also dumb. It's not imaginative. It doesn't think of new things to say. It just sticks to these old broken records. Also, it seems powerful. It certainly does because it really has a handle on us. But it's not that it's powerful. You are the one in power. You are the CEO. You're the one in charge of your reality. You always have the top say. When you remember it, that's the trick. What makes it seem powerful is that while you're thinking of thousands, hundreds of thousands probably of things during the day, it's only thinking of one thing, and that is really to mess you up. I remember Lazara saying it's sort of like having a mass murderer upstairs, and, and you were all saying, hey, I'm going to wait until the, the TV commercial to do anything about it. The other thing about it, it seduces you. Negative ego seduces you into feeling better than other people or less than other people. That's how it likes to do it. You walk into a room, hey, I'm looking pretty hot. Yep, must be the most beautiful woman in the room. Ooh, well, I'm not so sure. Everybody looks pretty cool. I think, oh, I'm the worst person in the room. I'm saying that as an example. You have your version. But that's what it likes to do is to make you feel bad about yourself by pumping you way up to feeling better than everybody. You see people out there in the news that do that and have their fall or less than others. And each of you has your own preferred version of that. But it will do both. And we say it again, it really is out to get you. Now, just as a moment to say this, when I was training courses for the Coaches Training Institute for 10 years, we had we do a portion of the coach training on the saboteur. And we'd always get people talking, raising their hands, but I think it's good. I think it's challenging me to be more. I think it's really a positive force in my life. And I completely respect that opinion of many people. But I have yet to find at least with my coaching clients in all the years I've been coaching, that that taking a positive a- attitude ever really works to change it or to transform it. I say, for a while, just tr- don't trust the negative ego. Work with it the way I say. And in time, when your positive ego comes back and you give the negative ego time to mature, you can love it all you want and lo- even love it... <laughs> In that degree, but I, it just, you, you can get so snookered with some kind of a spiritual idea that it is really your friend when it is not. So I would say just try this out if you're having trouble with it. So your positive ego is your friend and you don't want to kill it, but don't make the naive mistake to try to love it right for now. It really will only laugh at you and keep you imprisoned. So we're going to go on a little guided visualization. And we're going to practice those three techniques. But first, I would like everybody who is not driving, or you can pull over if you're in your car, to please close your eyes. And before we do that, I will mention, um, I'd love to take callers on when we come off after this visualization. So if you are interested in talking and sharing, are we doing, yeah, talking about your your negativity that, that really holds you back, please Write that down, 866-472-5795. And I'm asking for callers to please call in after the visualization. But for right now, I'd like all of you to please close your eyes. You're going to actually feel what it like, what it's like to encounter this negative ego directly, maybe for the first time for some of you. So as you please close your eyes. And let your energy sink into the floor. Just relax hearing the sound of my voice. And feel your energy, energy sinking into the ground, letting go. 
Perhaps you're seated in a chair. This is not going to be a meditation. I won't take you too deeply. But just sense yourself relaxing and letting go. Sinking your weight into the chair, your seat wherever you are seated. Going deeper, letting yourself relax. Letting go, perhaps images of drifting. And do the best you can. As you hear the sound of my voice, and just now gently bring up, well, it's not so much an image as as inside, you're going to feel yourself as being CEO of, and put your name in there, Inc. I am CEO of Inc. And all of these voices in my head are like, board members, direct reports, and this is just one of them. It's not the boss. Actually, I am. And now intend for this negative voice that in many ways has grown negative because of you. Sense it. Ask it to step outside of your body and intend for it to step out there a good 10, 20, 30 feet in front to the left, to the right of you. And if you have to say inside your your head there, I'm telling you to step out or I intend for you to step out, you are the boss. And sense now that in front of you or to the left or right of you, there is an energy, a field of energy, a ball of negativity. It may be It may have a shape, a form. It may look human. It may not. But do the best you can to just sense it there. And for those of you who are challenged or even frightened by that energy in front of you, if it is bothering you, you can ask your higher self to please circle it in white light and say, I ask my higher self, or for those of you who want to say something different, you can say, I ask Jesus, I ask God, I ask Spirit, whatever is your form, I ask you to circle my this negative energy, my negative ego in white light at this time. And sense that they do that, this negativity is now contained. And for those that you have not, haven't contained it, that's fine too. But sense this energy Notice if it is human. Does it have a shape, a color, a warmth, a cold? And feel into that energy field as best you can. What is the energy, the emotion behind this negativity? Is it haughty and superior? Is it weak and manipulating through weakness? Is it well-dressed in business clothing with a briefcase? Or is it more like a gremlin or something else? Perhaps you don't see or smell or any feel any of this. And that's okay. Just know that that negativity is out in front of you. <coughs> 
Look to see if you can see its eyes. Again, slanted, cold, dull. Notice what your negativity looks like, feels like, and sense it there. And now I ask you to ask it, and remember you are CEO, it is just one of your board members. Ask it, tell me what you want to say to me. What are your complaints at the moment? And I'm going to invite you to please, to when you hear it, turn the sentences into it accusing you as you are. You are weak. You aren't good enough. You don't know what you're doing. Whatever it might be, when it starts to say I, you will be bringing that energy back into the body. We want now for you to be separate. So hear what it has to say and take a minute. And again, if it frightens you, circle it in white light. But hear what it has to say to you directly as you watch it. And take a moment to do that. You are. And when you hear what it has to say, you say thank you for sharing if you want to. Or what else? You want to drain it of all the negativity or hear everything it wants to say to you directly. What else? Most often you'll be hearing words you hear throughout the day in your head anyway, but this is your time to see, wow, this isn't you. This is your negative ego. And you want to keep on listening to what it has to say. You may notice that it it starts to turn even darker in terms of it making nastier, meaner comments to you. Or it may run out of things to say and say ridiculous things. Like, yeah, and, and, and you don't look good in red or some odd thing. Or it may just go silent. Negative ego does not like to be observed. It does not like you to think that it is separate from you. So it will hate your doing this, quite frankly. But again, you can always circle it. I ask my higher self or God to circle this in white light and mature it at this time. Excellent. Ask again, what else do you have to say until it starts to run out of things to accuse you of? Maybe yours has a lot to say. Maybe you're really seeing it for the first time. Be gentle with yourself. Again, notice the shape shifts. If by speaking to you it gets bigger, if it gets smaller in the white container, just be aware of it, but be very clear, I am separate from this thing. I am CEO, and it's just one of the voices reporting to me at this time. But you want to be aware of everything it wants to say to you so that you can begin to become more conscious of it, and in time, it's just one of those voices that you know in your head, but in time, it will weaken. 
Uh, you can always come back, and when you listen to this, you can always stop the recording that you we you have up from this show. But we recommend that what you do at this time is to do one of those three things, or maybe all of them. The first, many of you have just done. These are the techniques to manage the negativity in the moment right here. One is circling it in white light, because you see the negative ego will turn positive once it has a chance to mature and to grow. All the demands we made on it through childhood, through adolescence, it never had time to grow up and it's angry. So this is giving it time to mature. So one, circling it with white light, asking for it to be matured. Two, is to do what you've just been doing, is to listen to it and to let it run out of things that it has to say. Another technique that's very effective right here, takes is a bit more advanced, but it works, is to feel your fear of it, like inviting it to tea. If you if it were a friend that you invited into your home is to, for tea, you could imagine that you're afraid of it, but at the same time you send a beam of light, of love, into it while it's being contained. But you feel both at the same time. And it works with the law of resonance, that it has to shift feeling the fear and feeling the love simultaneously. So you can feel the fear and send that beam of light through that bubble and into the heart of it and watch it transform. That's very effective. And then the third is more playful. You can just watch it, you know, magic wand. You can use any element you prefer, air, fire, water, earth, and just, you know, blast it. Just, you can't kill it, but you can shrink it. And watch it just as it's shrinking like the, the what was it, the negative witch in The Wizard of Oz where... I'm shrinking, I'm shrinking. Watch it get smaller and smaller. Its voice getting higher and higher. And poof, you can just evaporate it. Now those will, those techniques will change it in the moment. They will not be permanent. The permanent way is to write it out, get conscious of it, keep working with it this way, and in time, its power will be diminished. Now you don't need to thank it. You haven't done a a meditation, so you can be very clear. We suggest you do one of those things so that you've now managed it. But gently you can come back into this time, this space. Take a deep breath with me and hold it, hold it, hold it. That's good. Hold it. Keep holding it and let it out with a sound. (sighs) That's good. Maybe rub your hands, your arms, your legs, and come on back into the present moment. Dealing with negative ego, I would say it is one of the most important things you can do to start allowing the world to be a happier place, a place where if you manage your negativity, you've just helped to manage the negativity in the world. And I will say even starting to disempower some of the most frightening aspects in our world like ISIS, etc. Of course, not the real ISIS, but those uh, people who call themselves that. So I invite you, anybody who's interested and would like to speak to me here, we have some time here, 1-866-472-5795. Particularly if you want to talk about your negativity, I invite you to call in at this time. Again, 1-866-472-5795. Well, 
We're going to wait for a call, and if we don't have a call, we will start to talk a little bit about what's going to be coming up shortly. That would mean that shortly, but uh, coming up in the future. So, again, we invite anybody who would like to talk. Maybe you don't want to talk about your negativity. You certainly don't have to say your name live on the air if you don't want to, but we all have that negativity, and we all need to, in a sense, find ways to support each other in, in healing it. I will mention that what's going to be coming up, I've mentioned this before, that I'm going to be starting a group coaching program that I'll be offering in mid-March, and it will be beginning in April, but I'll be offering offering it as a way for you to sign up in about mid-March, which is coming up very quickly. And in this course, you're going to learn some of the top brain tools and techniques that I use to not only stop draining my energy throughout my day, but these are techniques that I use to infuse my day with positive energy. And those of you who are, have been listening to the show uh, a few times, you have an idea of how I work with energy and some of the energy techniques that I use. But in this particular coaching program, I'm going to be going deeper in my Positive Energy Breakthrough Coaching Program. Looks like we do have a caller, so Yvonne from Florida. Are you there? Yes, I am. Um, I just wanted to ask how often I have done this sort of exercise before with a, with a negative ego, and I believe I, I kind of know when and where my negative ego is jumping or is, is, is appearing or, or acting out, for, for want of a better phrase. Um, so how often do you recommend that perhaps I do this kind of exercise? Well, you know, it's a funny thing to say because it seems like our work, especially as we're becoming legendary leaders or we are that we were just doing our inner work. It can, we can go through periods where we're, we're in times of negativity a lot and then times when it sort of backs off. And when we're in those times, and usually it's right before a big transformation, something's coming up that we has, we have to deal with and, and we can get negative when we're feeling frightened of something ahead of us. There are just these times when it's just like, ugh, it feels a little fluish and feel icky and just negative. And those are the times that we need to be more vigilant in doing it. So stopping, hearing it, just as you know how to do, Yvonne. And the other piece to that, though, I mentioned it briefly, is, and I think we've worked with that before, is to be able to feel the feelings, you know, to feel the feelings that you have. And the way to do that is to sit with what the feelings are, because the negative ego is definitely being, you know, kind of a pain in the ass. Absolutely. So you want to contain it, ask it to mature in white light, but also you want to stop and just feel, okay, what is the feeling I'm avoiding? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it dread? And just sit with those feelings and try not to tell stories. So I don't know if I'm answering your question directly. You're asking me how many times to do it? No, 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 not how many. Just, just, just when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often? You know, how often? Or do you make it a regular thing, or do you just do it <laughs> if and when you begin to feel um, it's um, rearing your puppy head too much? Yeah, you do it when 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 it's uh, when when it's rearing its head, and I'll say that uh, you know in decades ago because I've been working with this since wow eighty six or eighty seven, mine was on my back all the time, and I just couldn't stand it, and uh, just would not stop, would not let up, make, trying to make me feel superior or, or less than everybody. But in time, it started to back off the more I did it. So I don't know how to answer that any more than just do it when it comes up. But getting right. clear, writing it down, really knowing it's, you know, it's B32, it's six, you know, G16, whatever it okay. might be, really okay. will help. 
feel your feelings. And then the other thing, and especially know you, Yvonne, ask your higher self to lift it, like lift the shame, lift whatever this is. That can help as well. Okay? Okay. Okay. I, Thank you so much. I'm so glad you called in. Did you get the answer you were looking for? Yes, I did. Thank you oh. very much. Thank you, Yvonne. Okay, and good good luck on your good work. <laughs> Thank you. Love to you. All right. Well, it looks like we won't have time for another caller, but we will talk just a little bit to you before the end of the show. It seems like that's all the time that we have today. I hope that you got a lot of benefit from this and that you will continue to work on your own negative egos because that is changing the world. Absolutely. I started to talk about this coaching program that I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to give you just an idea of some of the techniques that we'll be doing in, in the in the first few weeks of this course. And what we'll be doing is we're going to be working with getting untangled, untangled, quieting the noise, and finding the energy to begin again. You'll learn how to stop spinning negative stories and to-do lists in your brain, how to find inner quiet and peace at any time, how to be grounded and powerful in any situation, and how to clear stagnant energy and get moving again. You'll learn how to get your parents' voice or others out of your head. And you'll learn how to protect yourself from toxic people who drain you. And you'll also learn how to get your boss or other dominant people off your back. And those are just some of the ideas of what we'll be working with. Again, you'll be able to sign up for this. I'll give you, um, let's say, a URL on the next show of where you can go. And these energies will help you to turn around the energy drains that you have. So you can turn them around quickly, easily in minutes and that you can continue to focus on your higher calling. And I'm also designing the program, as I said, to be affordable for everybody. So you'll be able to sign up for that soon. I'll be connecting with some of you live shortly and after the show ends today. And those of you coming on to the group telechanneling call, I'm looking forward to that. We start at 5, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, you can go to legendaryleaders.com and sign up to get on today's call as well. And for those of you who do want, who prefer a one-to-one private reading with me, please go to my website, mariadanley.com, and sign up. You can get 10% off of my reading price by, with, by using the discount code legendary, the word legendary in your email. You can also phone call me too, but that's how it works. Next week, I've got one of my best friends, Amy Waters, who will be talking to us. She's a guest talking to us about how eating sugar biochemically keeps us trapped in our negativity. And she'll talk a bit about luscious ways to satisfy even the most demanding sweet tooth that probably many of us have. Thank you, everybody, for listening today to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. It is an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders you are destined to be. So until next week, I send you my love and best wishes. Thank you for joining us. Love to you all. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week.